We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. Let's take a deep dive into after the harvest. That doesn't just mean what do we do after, but also during and before. Yeah, it's kind of convoluted, but we got you right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you would like to support the show, please check out the link below for Patreon. You get two extra episodes a month. And you get say into what episodes we write. We do polls regularly to try and get intel on what you guys want to hear about, especially the You Should Grow series. So uh, check us out there. You can make a one-time donation or you can buy a t-shirt to help support us. So check out the links below. Right? Right. Good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So um, first of all, I do want to give a special shout out to Batavia because she's super brave. She's eating sardines and crackers. So there's that. Um. I'm so glad I'm not sitting next to her right now. I just mm-hmm. got to say that. I don't have any hot sauce, though. That's the missing thing. Ah, mm-hmm. hot. So I want to do a truth moment real quick. We're going backpacking, and I was looking for different ways to bring protein. Mm-hmm. And I was going to get canned oysters, but I'd never had a canned oyster. Mm-hmm. And I was super scared to like take them and try them for the first time on the trail. Because what if it gagged me? You know what I mean? <laughs> but... um. I didn't do it, so... This is a, a great example of why you should try new things. I don't remember eating sardines growing up. It was always like the something that everybody made fun of. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, exactly that point. So, folks make fun of them. I don't remember eating them. Um, and I don't remember how I came across them other than trying some things that are new. And I always thoroughly enjoy them. It's, I mean, they're kind of freaky. Yeah. You know, but... My yeah, hat's off to you, even though I'm not wearing a hat right now for once. They my also, hat's off to you. Some of them make um, like jala, um, jalapeno slices inside of them because they're Ooh. all kinds of like, you know, and oil and water and, you know, the Mediterranean version and like the ones with the jalapenos right up my alley. Nice. Nice. Okay. Enough about sardines. We're not growing sardines yet. <laughs> that could happen. You never know. But we're going to talk about after the harvest. And uh, I did a video not too long ago, and I said I said the term in my head, and I was like, that's the phrase of the year. <laughs> that's the phrase. But I don't think it was the phrase of the year, but it, it was catchy, and it, it did bring up some good ideas. So we're going to kind of break this whole subject down from beginning to end, essentially. So it's mm-hmm. not all after the harvest, but it's all about being in the mindset of after the harvest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There it is. That was it. That's what we've been looking for this whole time. We've been talking about this series. Ding. <laughs> so um, what does it mean to you? I mean, when you think about after the harvest, what do you think? I think it's the it's the completion. It's like the equivalent of, uh, you know, harvesting seeds that have been saved. Like we're completing the garden's life cycle. Right. Um, and it seems to often be the forgotten thing. At least it's not commonly talked about. 
you know yeah. so we're not what did you say earlier this year we're not growing this food to look at it you know yeah. <laughs> like we have flowers for that um but i think that i mean it just it's wild because cooking and you know online chefs and all that like that's like the a big industry if you'd call it right just cooking in general clearly is a big industry and so i'm always surprised by how little gardeners talk about what happens after the harvest beyond the picture that's on you know in your backyard you know beyond that yeah i agree with that i think it's it's just like you said i don't see a lot of people talking about how they prepare what they've grown Mm -hmm. or on the opposite side, I don't see a lot of people talking about what they're going to do with it once they grow it. And it's interesting, too, because everybody grows like a lot of tomatoes, but how do you eat all those tomatoes? Then what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, are we eating them like apples? Are we canning them? Are we, you know, is there favorite recipes? Like, I just, I don't know what it is. And even if you go back to like, do like so for a lot of us we have a period it may be shorter yours is shorter than mine mine is probably you know shorter than some others but we have this period where the garden is is like producing very little if not nothing right you know so for me that's sometime between late 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 December for sure January through maybe the beginning of March right if I'm really diligent about it those months are basically you know I'm not out in the cold and it's funny because as I think about what you see if we look about kind of how we talk about gardening what you see on social media and things of that nature it's so little uh planning for the purpose of the harvest you know you think that'd be a time where all right we're all kind of sitting and chilling and you know laid back let's talk about i'm growing insert vegetable because i want to do x y and z with it you know yeah i think man that's Mm-hmm. We're that, just showing seeds. We're just showing seed packages online. That's all yeah, I'm doing. I mean, that's all we're doing is showing <laughs> seeds and showing what we're harvesting and stuff. Like, and look, man, I mean, and this is talking from a guy who has a cooking show, which is available on Tubi if you want to watch it called Backyard Kitchen. But um, there's one thing that I really have always hated, and that's this is what I'm eating pictures. Snap, snap, snap. Like, I've always hated that. But I think the reason why I've always hated it is because somebody's showing a picture of hot dogs and pizza. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not like, hey, this is what I'm eating right now. I grew this. Let me show you what I made with what I grew. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it also goes along the same line. You know, I'm a big... In the garden supplementing your grocery bill, not mm-hmm. replacing, even though it's always been a dream of mine to replace, but we won't really get into that. We've done that in a previous series. You guys can go back and check it out. Um, it's the Feed Your Family for a Year series mm-hmm. or something like that. But when we do that, it's interesting to see like, hey, I've used this, this, and this for my garden and have this full-blown meal. And it's like, okay, well, you've used your... I'm just going to use something on the top of my head. An onion, a garlic, and some tomatoes and some basil. And then you still have pastas and, you know, whatever else on there. But yeah. you've, you've made this creation that is like completing the cycle 
let's call it like the cycle of the gardener. You know what I mean? From like planting to harvesting to consuming. Mm-hmm. Just don't show us the after part. What happens after you consume it? We're not interested in that. You know, uh-huh. there's websites for that, just not mm-hmm. this one. But um, that's you know that's that's part of it. And I think it really goes in, and what this episode specifically is about is the planning part of it. You know, from the get go. Um, I know I'm going to ask you and you're not going to be able to tell me maybe, but when does this episode air? So this is us introducing the series. So this is where we're going to touch on planning. We're going to touch on harvesting, cooking, preserving, and the actual act after, after the harvest. So this is at the top of August. It should be the first week of August, unless we move some things around. Right. Well, that could always happen too. (laughs) But so that's perfect timing because we're now planning our fall gardens Mm -hmm. to some extent either you're starting seeds you're getting ready to direct sow seeds maybe Mm -hmm. you're out shopping for seedlings if you want to bear the prices that we've you know endured this year (laughs) so there's all these different things but this is really good timing for this because maybe this will help you in creating a more cohesive solid fall gardening plan Mm -hmm. you know which is what i was hoping you would say this is the time frame just for the record (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at some point, and I'm not sure which year it's going to be, at some point you'll realize anytime you give me a prompt, I'm never going to give you the response you're looking for, like ever, right? So (laughs) accept it. Um, There's a part of, for some of us that maybe have gardened in the spring and, you know, we've had some things planted for summer. So now it's like there's the collection of things as you look at, you know, now we're heading into fall. You know, it's kind of like I have a great aunt that would start um, Christmas shopping like in June or July. Right. Big list, big family. You know, she's over those months buying Christmas presents here and there. And it's that moment of it takes her that much time. And she's looking back in October to remember what she bought. Look at her list to see what she's already bought. And now she's making adjustments to what she's going to buy. So if you look at, you know, kind of this transition period where we're in August going into, you know, the fall next month, then you stop and think, what do I have from my earlier part of the year for gardening? What do I have coming in for summer? How can I augment, you know, kind of my garden feast, my garden harvest by planning for fall? Right. It took me a while to get around there, but that's what I was trying to get to. No, and it's, and you know, if you practice seasonal eating, which, you know, I would encourage people to try and do more of. It's a good idea, good time to take a look at your diet right now mm-hmm. and say like, hey, what have I been eating a lot of? Now, what can I interject into my diet to help me through, you know, the the rest of the season, the rest of the year, it's stuff like that. so smart, but it makes me uncomfortable. Gosh, that's smart, though. Well, you know, we came across it because we got tired of eating crappy fruit. That's honestly how we started. But, um, you know, it's a good time. to do. And, you know, a lot of people may just be doing it subconsciously, too. This is what I like. This is what I want to eat. You know, it's the same thing. You know, what do I want to eat? Well, what can I grow? But then the reverse of it is what can grow during this time? It basically kind of forces your way where your entire diet may not be kind of a, a part of the season. However, if you're going to be eating what you grow you're right there, you know? Yeah. So, so there is that, which I think is a positive. 
I'm always checking to see, you know, my planting dates and, you know, cool weather versus, you know, heat loving crops versus how many days I have left. And it's again, that thing that trickles in and you, it becomes normal for you, right? So when you're in the grocery store, let's say later in the year, you were able to pick up something and say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll buy this produce because it's in season. Whereas there are a lot of things that clearly aren't. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and a lot of things that have been coming in season and you may have bought and been like, eh, it didn't taste good. Mm-hmm. And the reality is a lot of it's probably because it's come from somewhere where it, you know, they picked it before it was ripe. So it could ripen on the truck, this, that, and the other. When in fact, you still have time to get it in the ground and grow it. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. Okay, I won't. You know what I'm going to get you started on? I'm going to get you started on this break. So we're going to take a little break and then let's come back and then we're going to talk about how we should be planning our garden, thinking about after the harvest. I like the way I use that term just for the record. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want everybody to have a garden and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. All right. So let's make our plan. Let's 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 think about this. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you haven't watched the video I did, I'll go ahead and give you the summary about it, which kind of spurred this. I was talking about how many tomato plants I'm growing and why I'm growing what I'm growing. So um, I'm growing one cherry tomato. I'm going to pull numbers off the top of my head now, so be careful. Three homestead tomatoes and like, I think it was like seven Roma tomatoes, which seems like it's like a hodgepodge of tomatoes, but there's a purpose behind all of it. And it was one, the cherry tomato, we get so many cherry tomatoes, my wife has forbid me to grow any more than one a a year. So there was that. Uh, we homesteaders, we wanted a slicer, so we grew a slicer, but we don't eat a lot of slicers. And the Roma tomatoes, we love to can them. So mm-hmm. we planted that amount so we could can more this year. And if you put that into perspective, you know, we can take a Roma tomato and slice it, but sometimes you just want a good old slicer on hand. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me meet you there. And meet me. <laughs> it's a date. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to be in Crocs. It's They're going to be my outdoor social Crocs versus my garden Crocs versus my house shoe type Crocs. All right. So just that's how you'll recognize me. Okay. Um, so tomatoes, which some, I feel like, you know, we always like, oh, we always talk about tomatoes. But hey, here we are. Um, same idea. I, I can't go through the counts. I probably won't get. No, I can, I can go through it. I have two cherry tomatoes. And let's hope they're all alive by the time this airs. But two cherry tomatoes, one for the traditional red cherry, one for the super sweet orange cherry tomato that I grew last year. And there, what I've come to terms with is I don't have to eat every single cherry tomato off that that plant, right? You know, I also don't have to worry about that plant taking me all the way through the summer season. It's okay. Get enough to satisfy your need and to combat the crappy cherry tomatoes you've had all during the off season. Because there's not a good cherry tomato to be had from a grocery store. Um, I have two pineapple 
tomatoes, which I planted last year and I planted it in a previous year. And it's a beautiful tomato. But last year I made salsa using the recipe that you shared using the pineapple tomatoes and then using Roma tomatoes and hands down like 10 out of 10 the pineapple tomato salsa was much better for me and my taste than the Roma the Roma was much more a tomato-y if you will right and that's part of the design of that tomato and so I'm growing two pineapples because I'm amping up you know and now since I didn't can much um much of tomato sauce last year I have a couple of paste tomatoes that I'm also growing for the purpose so purpose of regular flat on out tomato sauce and my favorite ever ever uh, pepper tomato sauce which you basically freeze because it's not um, canning safe but it's that same logic then I have some um, kind of purplish tomatoes that I'm trying for the first time and I'm really chasing a really good flavor for those. And those are more slicers. I have one or two more, but it's that same idea of I have some experience from my previous tomato growing years. I kind of know where I want to be when it comes to the tomato products I produce. Right. right. And so in turn, you go back all the way to February when I was starting seeds. That was a part of my plan. Right. And, you, and you're using the different varieties to your advantage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing, too. It's like. You know, I said in that video and I'll say it here, like, let us know, like, I'm curious if you're, you know, listening to this, you know, if you could jump on Instagram and send us a message or something telling us what varieties you're growing, because again, it's each variety, it's very different, you know, and it's not just tomatoes, it's, you know, cucumbers, squash, you know, even broccolis and and kales and all those things they are all different. I'm adding a note to our calendar for when the episode releases. We're going to put a post up on Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram. And we're, it's going to be a tomato post. And we want you to comment below. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to hold my breath on remembering that one. But <laughs> let's do I said this. I'm putting it on our calendar because we can't trust Leonard to be that specific. No, Leonard won't. He'll forget. He ain't no good. <laughs> Not at that. Good at and a lot of things, but not tricky that. Because again, we've talked about how the garden gardener influences the taste of tomatoes, yeah. right? You know, but generally speaking, um, there are things that were good one year, and I'm chasing it again the next year. There's some tomatoes that weren't maybe the absolute best, but I think they could be better. And so again, I'm going to plant it again. But it's just not to say, oh, they're good or not. It's there's an end in mind. Right. So after I harvest it, ding, ding, ding. What am I going to do with it? And it's, it took me a while to get there, right? You know, it was kind of like I was just walking through the aisles of my home improvement store, buying transplants, saying, oh, that looks interesting. And then once I started taking tomatoes off, it's kind of like, oh, well, what do I, you know, you go back years ago. I'm like, what do I do with this now? Like, Well, that's, a, that's an important thing, too, is because a, a new gardener listening to us may not understand that this comes with time. Mm-hmm. of figuring out what you do and don't like. So like the number one thing that you, I would recommend against somebody doing is just being like, I'm only going to grow better boy tomatoes and mm-hmm. that's it until, you know, the end of time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try anything else because it's like my mom, she's been growing food for years and years. And this year I gave her some tomato plants and uh, I gave her some homestead tomatoes and she's like, never heard of it. 
You know, they were always the better boy, the big boys, you know, anything with a boy at the end for some reason. I don't know why. But those are, you know, beef steaks and stuff like that. But there's more to it than just the biggest, most giant tomato. If you're into preserving food or eating it in different ways, you know, there's the each tomato. And I don't I don't do not want to make this a tomato episode. So we'll have to move to another vegetable after this. But can be used in a different way yeah you know what i mean i think um just one more comment on tomatoes and i have a good example for chard right um and beets even if you want to throw those in there so for um now i want to be fair there's some vegetables that are more of a novelty that i'll grow that i don't have like other than i'm going to eat it you know like i'm going to add it to a meal so i don't have like a full plan right right you know so um or there's kind of this whole structure with it. And a lot of that structure comes in when we talk about preserving. Um, but I have, I started about the same amount of tomatoes across the board. I double sowed uh, quite a few, especially some of the newer ones, newer seeds that I was getting from companies I hadn't worked with before. And it was this matter of don't know what the germination rate is going to be. And, you know, I still have a hard time tossing, you know, uh, a seedling when everything germinates. So I said all that to say, um, my beef steaks, I didn't even plant beef steaks based on the look of the plants. Something's not right there. But I have a bunch of extra seedlings, probably a dozen. And the majority of them are a mixture of a non-red tomato. Right. You know, and so I already know it's going to be hard to offload that. You know, so when we got to that part of the season when people are planting tomatoes you know i'm not going to chase folks down because again i know folks are going to want the romas folks are going to want the red slicers you know if you're even when you're giving something away you know people have a right to say okay no thank you yeah Um, they'll turn you down quick when it comes to something like that yeah exactly i mean if you also have to think about in the grand scheme of things the time that you're going to spend as someone growing a tomato meaning if i give this away to you do i want to spend time nurturing this thing that I'm not even sure if I'm going to like. Now, if you have a big, a big space, meaning a space big enough to say, I'm going to give this a try. Sure. You know, but if this is all about, Hey, I want to get this produce, you want to go with, you're going to go with something that's more traditional. And unfortunately I don't have that many traditional tomatoes to give away this year. Well, and I think, but see, the thing is some of the other vegetables and I'm I'm just, now I'm going to, I'm going to broaden it. Okay. Some of the different vegetables, different varieties are the same thing. They're just not as, like you said, traditional. Mm -hmm, Like if mm -hmm. you're going to buy a seed, Mm -hmm, a a pack of seeds, what does it matter? If you want a slicer or if you want a canning cucumber or something like you can try a different variety that'll Mm -hmm. give you the same outcome. You know what I mean? Maybe a little bit different flavor could give you a little bit different look. Could maybe give you a little bit different... um, it could have different growth habits that you may be interested in. You know, like for instance, I'm growing Carolina or no, excuse me, Cajun jewel okra this year because it's smaller. So it's the same. I mean, I'm still going to get okra, but I mm-hmm. should have a smaller plant on my hands. The jury mm-hmm. is still out on that, you know, um, we'll see. But, you know, there's all these different things. But when I go into making a garden plan, especially this time of year, because as of right now, I mean, let's face it, we're in the height of the season. Mm-hmm. Everybody is harvesting. Everybody's feeling good. You know what I mean? It's time to start thinking about, okay, am I going to switch over to fall crops? And if I am, what would I like to grow? But more importantly, 
how is it going to be used? Mm-hmm. And so like for us, you know, we still have time. We could, I mean, we can fit in another quick um, sewing of like zucchinis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we can say, okay, I want, you know, hey, I've been eating fresh zucchini this long. The squash fine boars, you know, just basically massacred me. Let me re-sew so now I can grow, you know, I'm going to grow four plants so I can shave it down and freeze it for zucchini bread throughout the winter. Mm-hmm. Or let me do some, some you know, I want to do X amount of, and this is key, amount of Brussels sprouts because this is how much I would like to eat throughout the fall and winter. You know, and thinking about like, I really like this. Let me grow more, which is something when I refer to people already doing it, they're probably already doing it to an extent of that. You know, I enjoy this. I'm going to grow more of this, but then trying something new with what you're growing too. So maybe, you know, maybe you've grown lettuce every year for salad. Have you thought about grilling it? Because Batavia's grilled it. She loves it. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And the, the planning piece of that becomes important because you want to make sure that it really works well if you have, if the lettuce is, lettuce, if the lettuce is formed ahead. Yeah. Right. Just don't be putting your, your leafy greens just sitting on the grill or anything like that. But the planning becomes important because, you know, you want to make sure you're putting that plant in the ground or sowing that seed um, because you want to make sure for that it becomes, um, you have enough time for it to get from the seed to the actual full head. Like, does your weather get cool enough? Right. You know? Hold on one second. Uh-huh. So uh, one of the things when we were considering um, the kind of, I'm going to plan this, but I'm not going to... Um, really kind of make a full plan for how I'm going to eat it. It really, a good example of that is spinach for me, right? And so for spinach as an example, I'm at this point for this year in particular, I've given up on the huge spinach harvest. I just want to be able to have a different type of green in my, in my garden. So I know I'll end up if, if what I did last year still works, I'll sow those seeds right at the start of September and I'll basically get one harvest off of it. But however much I sow would be the maximum that I basically get from those greens. Um, and it's not, I don't have like some three or four recipes in mind for them. I don't need it. Right. Based on the little that I plan on producing for spinach, but that still is a part of the plan. Right. You know, I'm super glad you brought up spinach because that's one of the ones that I struggle with every year because I have a plan for spinach, but I can't execute that plan. Mm -hmm. So I really like sauteed spinach, but as you and I and everybody that's ever cooked spinach knows, it takes a lot of spinach to make a plate of, or, you know, a side dish of sauteed spinach. And so it's one of those crops that each year, you know, I'm adding to my list, just like Brussels sprouts, like, Brussels sprouts has been a struggle for me. Everybody knows. And this year I was able to have a Brussels sprout that I ate, albeit they were miniature sprouts. I still (laughs) consumed them. So Mm -hmm. that because that was my last year, it was on the cutting block last year. That was going to be it. But this year it's not. So now I can kind of move on to the spinach because when we try to make that plan, part of that plan is being able to execute it. You know what I mean? 
And how much well, space am I willing to sacrifice for this quote unquote test? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also like you don't want to kind of put that energy out, like making a part of your plan for something that's not going to succeed. But when you start to think across vegetables, right, you know, so if I have something significant happens, I don't want to go with the whole like wiping out my tomato plants. I won't go that big. But when you talk about this plan, if you don't have success with a particular crop, well, whatever you plan to use that crop for, that's next, right? You know, so one of the things I like about leafy greens is there's a lot of subbing that goes on, right? So if you had planned on having a salad a day, which has been a loose goal of mine, and sometimes I can hit it. I can hit it more so when I have store-bought salads than I can when I, I grow my own. Funny yeah, how that works, a, isn't it? Yeah, right? If that's a plan that you have as an example, right? You know, who knows what's going to happen with your lettuce, but if you're growing it at the time that cool weather crops like to be grown, you may sub in spinach for that salad. You may sub in chard for that salad. Like, y- y- there's some um, some flexibility you want to have with that plan. Right. And while we talked primarily for the tomatoes about preserving, this is, again, is a plan for what you're doing after the harvest when it comes to fresh eating. Yeah, we do that with uh, lettuce. So we tried to figure out how much lettuce do we consume mm-hmm. when we make a salad? And we figured that roughly, you know, it, and so because we try to eat salads out of our garden mostly, it's hard because sometimes we'll sub in more vegetables or a different mm-hmm. kind of green or something. But we figured about a head a week, roughly, maybe two heads a week. Um, so we, when you plan that out, it's hard to go through and just say, OK, I'm going to plant nothing but lettuce in this bed for this. So we want to try and make it so it's, you know, we do succession planting and we're mm-hmm. building to it so we're not harvesting all at once. So this this planning portion brings in basically all of the techniques we've talked about over this podcast and the YouTube channel to, to date because it all factors in into how we plan and what, what the expectation is after the harvest. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, how long is it going to store? That's another thing. You know, how long does lettuce stay in the fridge for? Well, you know, it can go, it can vary. Depends on how you store it, but you're not going to harvest a head of lettuce and keep it in there for two to three weeks waiting to eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to start questioning what's happening with that lettuce if it keeps that long. Um, although my crisper is, is um, it's legendary. Um, there is something about the things that you plan on eating fresh the ability to be able to pull them out of your garden and eat them fresh versus kind of sitting on them for a long time. I, um, I was trying to think, I think it's a 16 ounce container. Like, so during the off season when I'm not growing it, I buy the 16 ounce container of mixed greens. Yeah. And if I'm really good about eating my greens, I can eat that in about 10 days. Right. That's a week and a half. Now, I haven't figured it out, but I am actually using those containers for other things for the garden. But I want to be able to figure out, like, how many heads of lettuce does it take to basically fill that particular container? That's a way that I'm trying to manage growing enough, but not way too much. Like, yeah. my, my garden this spring had so much lettuce in it. Like, 
I wish it did keep for three months because I'd still be eating on it now, pulling yeah. it out of the refrigerator. Um, because we also want to make sure that we are as much as we can, you know, not being wasteful, you know. So a part of this when it comes to planning, I tend to lean into if something grows well for me, I'm just going to grow a shit ton of it, you know. <laughs> like, um, and that's not the, that's not the wisest. That's not the most responsible that's not the most sustainable even, you know, um, through all the series in it that we've done. Um, but it, again, it takes time to kind of get there. Yeah. And it's and part of, you know, part of my plan, too, is like you said, even though let's say that you planted a whole bed of lettuce and you weren't going to eat it. The one of the missing things is you're still keeping your soil active during mm-hmm. that time. And you're eliminating weed growth and stuff like that. If you compost, you're, you're building up something for you to add to your compost. So all of these things are kind of folding into this. And yes, yes, when ma'am. it comes to lettuce, there is an ornamental factor. And then also, it's going to be one of the cheapest seeds that you're going to buy. Yeah, there is that too. And if you if you are, are lucky enough to be able to save the seed, then one plant will give you enough to sow for five years, mm-hmm. a full garden. So, you know, and that's part of it too is, you know, I, I plant stuff every year. I look at what I've saved seeds for or I'm starting to. Let me not act like I've been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> I've been starting to think about, okay, what do I want to save seeds from? Mm-hmm. And then... I will plant stuff with the purpose of consuming, but also give it space to grow and be able to get the seeds from. For instance, this year I was able to successfully harvest my collard seeds. So next year I know I don't need to plant any extra collards. And when it's time to pull them up, I can go ahead and get a little ruthless with them and get them out of there before they take up any time. Because I did that last year, I grew collard seeds and I got them confused. So I don't know which one's broccoli and which one's collards. So there's that. But now that I have it, like I'm good. You know what I mean? There are, there are some mustards, you know, some mustards can be kind of spicy and it's not, everyone isn't a fan of them. I don't like the, once it gets to the point of it tasting like wasabi, I'm out, you know, I'm tapping out. Uh, But there's this um, tender green mustard that I planted last fall. Beautiful really tasty mild for the purpose of mustards i planted it this spring and like it was like usain bolt man like yeah so no sooner than i could walk away i felt like it was flowering and the flowers do make for a pretty sight um but i think this is last month i was looking at maybe a couple of months ago even and i was saying oh i'm gonna move on plant something else and it's already started to form seed pods and it's in a container We've talked about this. Yeah. And I reminded myself, like, I have like five or six of these little like windowsill containers, you know, just enough to grow some lettuce, just enough to grow some carrots. Like it's it's small and convenient and compact to try some things out, to grow a few things in there. I didn't get a chance to eat any of the mustards from that container. But guess what? I could tuck that thing in somewhere and let it continue to produce those seeds. Because yeah. I already know I enjoy this um, this vegetable. But the key is when I'm able to enjoy it, right? Yeah. Um, and so if my timing is right, we'll see. I may be able to tuck it somewhere, let it go to sea, let the sea continue to produce and dry, and then plant those same seeds for fall. I think I planted them next month. I would have planted them in September, the beginning of September. And they did really well in my my area growing from September, October into November. 
So we'll see. I mean, I do have some seeds um, from the original package, but not a whole lot, you know. Yeah. And I mean, that's important to think about. So, I mean, just to kind of briefly recap is we've talked about planning for consumption, planning for getting seeds, you know, all these different ways of planning. And that's all preparing you for being, you know, after the harvest. So... I can't think of so let, let me go back to the beginning if I may and talk about right now I'm getting ready to th- I'm thinking about fall mm-hmm. so I'm playing I'm making a plan and I know that hey I want to grow you know last year I grew six Brussels sprouts and only one of them actually produced so I'm going to go a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and of those I'll probably bump that up to 10 Brussels sprouts this year mm-hmm. because that's a novelty item for us in our, in our garden, in our area, they can be real hit or miss. So being prepared for that, we know that this is the space that I'm going to do. So I've now taken my garden and I said, okay, I'm going to put 10 Brussels sprouts here. That's about 10 square feet of my garden used for my Brussels sprouts. I actually, for me, it's about 15 because I like to give a little bit more space for things. And then moving on to the next thing you know, I may put another zucchini in again. So we've we've eaten the fresh zucchini and we'll still eat some fresh zucchini. But now we're really going to focus on doing mm-hmm. this other, you know, shaving it down and freezing it. We're going to do um, an extra sowing of carrots because my spring carrots didn't really I didn't sow as many as I should have. So this fall and winter, we're going to sow a lot more because what we realized is Salad season is in the cool season, you know, which is not really intuitive unless you're thinking like a a farmer or a gardener or whatever you want to call yourself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we want to have our carrots ready at the same time as our salad. So planting earlier in i.e. for us in the fall, which I'm in zone 8A, then that gives me that space and that time. So where in the spring, I may only be planting two square feet of collar or not collards. You got me with collards on the brain of carrots. Now I can do eight square feet. I can do a Mm -hmm. lot more, but when I harvest them, they will be a better quality and there'll be more chances to use them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking these things through, you can come up with a much more solid plan for your garden. Yeah. And you think about the way that a carrot stores and it's, it's funny because if you go to a society that, again, has access to so much, right, our salads include certain vegetables that really don't all grow at the same time. Yeah. You know, so what's a, a garden salad when we refer to it, right? Lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, um, maybe some carrots, right? And the base of that thing doesn't really grow at the height of those other vegetables, at least the cucumbers and the tomatoes. Right. Um, and it, it drives me crazy not to have a tomato on my salad, but moving on from that, if you think about, you know, producing lettuce in October, November, maybe for our fall going into winter, then that's perfect timing for 
carrots. That's perfect timing for some other roots that you may want to add to your salad. Well, you may still be getting tomatoes too, tomatoes and cucumbers at the time. If you've done well, you know. For me, I'll still have some fresh tomatoes. Maybe not so much cucumbers because they don't keep as well, you know, for as long. Um, But if I leave a plant or two, ooh, that's a concept. Yeah. You know, versus leaving all of my tomatoes in place. If I leave a plant or two, I could still be picking some fresh tomatoes off the vine. Now, again, there's a question mark around or do they taste as well as they did, you know, August 15th? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, we work with what we got. I, th- you know, I think they taste just fine, personally. I don't think there's a, a I mean, look, if you compare it to something you get at the store, it's going to be better. Oh, for sure. You know, if you go to a restaurant or something. And I think, too, it's the way that we've been trained to think about having a garden salad. And, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you said something about that because for me, right now, I could totally plant some lettuce in about a month and still have my lettuce, my cucumbers, mm-hmm. and my tomatoes all at once. Not to mention, you know, I'm, I'm growing soybeans. I can put those on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's all these. You have basically your choice of what you want on your salad at that point versus in the spring. Yeah, you're very point. limited. Yeah. You know, I mean, what are you going to put in your salad in the spring? You're basically going to have a green salad. You know, gosh, I'm going to write this down, which I rarely do. Now I wonder. It's great because uh, using lettuce as an example, and insert the vegetable that you have this issue I'm about to describe with. So spring, I'm coming out again. This is the third year I'm trying to grow spring things. So I'm coming out in the spring and my plan is to sow the things I'm sowing indoors, what I want to plant and plant and grow for summer. I'm also starting to sow some spring things. And I have like probably two, two of those little containers, you know, the portfolios for the pictures that we're all using the little case. I have two of those little containers of just lettuce seeds. Yeah. I like I just can't help myself. And so I'm sowing a lot of different types of lettuce, right? So all in all, if I look at this and say I'm starting all of this lettuce in the spring, right? You know, and by the time I'm harvesting it, there's not a whole lot else that's in my garden. So now the question becomes, and this is no commitment, but it's just a question I'm going to think on, should I be shifting to growing other things? in the spring, like some lettuce, but not as much as I have been growing. I'm talking like dozens and dozens of heads of lettuce that I've sown and planted. Um, And maybe I should be gearing that towards the fall. To your point, I'll have to look back. I may still have enough cucumbers to fulfill that desire, right? I for sure know I have tomatoes to fulfill the desire of kind of the way that I prefer to enjoy that salad, right? You know, Um, so maybe it's heavier in the fall for that versus the spring there's actually an episode or two or three in that you know kind of the we always say oh i'm gonna plant it again in the fall yeah Uh, and not only does the truly the taste of some of the things we talk about planting in the spring versus the fall change what you can do with it what else in your garden and within your cabinet your refrigerator your freezer complements that thing that changes depending on what time of year it is because again we're going back to what's in season and what isn't Right. Damn it. Let me, let me write down the timestamp for this so I can go back and listen to okay. get my notes together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's exactly right. And it's it's interesting to think about because a well thought out plan can lead you 
mm-hmm. into having a more balanced, cohesive diet. Mm-hmm. So you can start pairing things. I mean, essentially as they should be paired. You know, I think yeah. we've lived in a society where it doesn't matter when things grow, we're going to eat them no matter what. And a lot of people's palates are trained to accept the shitty taste of it in the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like the zucchini that you buy in February, you know what I mean? You start getting it like, it's not as good as when it comes out, you know, or the crappy tomatoes. Like some people don't realize that the tomatoes that you grow taste better and more flavorful than what you get in the stores. But We've done that. So what what's happened is we've combined and made dishes that are staples in our lives mm-hmm. that shouldn't be in existence. They just shouldn't be, you know. At that I mean, particular time. Oh yeah, no, no. Pe- I think you, no. You said it exactly right because you're thinking about the different um, components seasons. of that dish, right? Right. And in some cases, those things don't occur at the same time. Um, If you want to add some peppers to your whatever that dish is and it's January, well, let's hope that you canned or froze some of those peppers, right? Exactly. Um, Versus what's coming into the store fresh that, you know, don't even get me started on how expensive peppers are, but I'm going to move on from that. Yeah, peppers are very expensive. That, That is a fact. So thinking about that, though, it's like and I'm trying to think of a dish that just like shouldn't be in existence, you know, and I I can think like I know somebody who puts zucchini in their chili. Mm. Right. It's very it's very good. But usually people eat chili when when it's cold. Right. So there's no reason. I'm not people. I have no chili is one of my top five favorite foods, meals. Is it really? Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. That is fascinating to me. And I don't make it that often, but when it, when the mood strikes, it doesn't matter what the temperature is. Right. Like I've had, I have, um, I've given it before a sweet potato chili recipe, which kind of fits more so than what, you know, that version of it. Um, but if I, if someone serves me a bowl of chili in July or August, I'm going to enjoy it and ask for extra crackers. Yeah. Or cornbread, you know. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, like tomatoes and uh, not tomatoes, salsa and cilantro. Mm, oh, good grief. Yeah. I mean, cilantro does not like hot weather at all. You know what I mean? I still can't. I mean, I guess maybe I can't quite figure it out. I don't know if it's just like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to even pretend to why that that like where that started and like where could it have started where those two things were possibly at the same time maybe it's the tomatoes that you still had that you pulled off the vine in october and now you have cilantro growing so now you're making sausage i don't know but um it frustrates me because cilantro gets me every single year i never can get it if i add it to um salsa that i actually can i'm gonna buy the the cilantro which just seems like a waste but what are you gonna do so i just googled it and cilantro is from southern europe and a and parts of asia so um southern europe i would imagine is a cooler climate i I mean i don't know where southern europe they're talking about so it kind of leads to believe but i mean you know if i think about 
you know, uh, Mexican food and salsa and stuff like that. I mean, cilantro is just like right in there, like swimwear. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it may be growing in the mountains there or something like that where it's cooler. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's one of those things that it just shouldn't be there. So when you, and it's just like a garden salad, like a garden salad, like, I don't know, you can probably grow lettuce almost all summer, can't you? I have, um, I have one variety. I think it's the Nevada lettuce. Um, that seems to do well for me, even in the hottest months. Right. Um, so generally speaking, yeah, I can, there is, there could be a head of lettuce in my garden all throughout the year. Yep. So well, you for know what me, I mean when I say throughout the year, like from March to, you know, December, yeah, my growing season. Yeah. For me, come about early to mid May, they all start to bolt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's it. But I can't put a tomato. I can't get a tomato. Um, I'll probably get my first tomato in the middle of June every year, I would say. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when I get. So, you know, I've already had a month without lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my cucumbers. I don't know, man. I always plant my cucumbers a little late. So there's that. That's a that's a personal problem, though. I can do many things with tomatoes, even though I don't have lettuce, but it's, there are a lot of things that I want to do with lettuce that I really need tomatoes for. (laughs) (laughs) But if you think about like bruschetta, Mm -hmm. that's a perfect Mm -hmm. dish because that's everything is seasonal. You know what I mean? Everything's coming out at the same time. Your onions are probably ripening towards the end of the summer. You know, they've dried out well. You've got your basil, you've got your tomatoes, all that stuff. So you're good. And if you take it back to what the vinegar is made out of, usually it's got apple of some sort in it, so it's preserved. So that's a that's a natural meal. You just reminded me I'm going to go to my um, shelves and pull down some um, bruschetta that I canned last year. I haven't actually you tasted some, it huh? yet. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Never done that. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know if it's worth your while. I'm thinking it's probably going to be more vinegary than I that I'm going to enjoy, but we'll see. All right. Let's do this. We've digressed a little bit from the plan. So, <laughs> let's take a break and then we're going to come back with an extremely special recipe of the day. In closing statements because I still have one more thing to say. If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free. First season of Backyard Kitchen. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show. So thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners. All right. This recipe is special because it comes from one of our patrons. This is from Tyler, and it is a hot sauce recipe. Hey, um, Tyler. I don't... Every time you name someone, you know I'm going to want to say hi to them. Say There's, it. Never hi, Tyler. <laughs> hi, Tyler. How you doing, buddy? So, and this is actually special because I, over the years, have tried, 
tried to make a hot sauce recipe and I just never can really nail it. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can give this one a try. But um, I'm just going to read you verbatim what he has read that's sent to us. And it says, you can substitute scotch bonnet for the Jamaican mushroom pepper or any other lemon lime flavored pepper. So the habanero should be gutted of seeds and the white pulp. Um, that shows the flavor of the lemon lime to come through, but gives a quick bit of heat. If you're doing scotch bonnets instead of Jamaican mushroom, use half to a third of the amount, depending on your heat tolerance. Always start low and increase for taste preferences, which I agree with them on that. Um, you know, this is just getting mm-hmm. the, um, the heat amount right, because that's a big component of it. You don't want it like super mm-hmm, hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, place it in a blender if you want a pepper mash and then go to the desired texture or br- and bring it all to a boil in the appropriate size pan and simmer for a good five minutes. You at least want it nice and soft. Place that into a blender and let it do its thing until you reach your desired thickness. So, Do we add vinegar or something to it or... Um, actually, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing anything but peppers and lemon and lime on there. Oh, but the lemon and lime, though, that's going to be the acid and yeah, that's the acid. Liquid. Okay. So it's interesting because the one I found had me put copious amounts of salt in, mm-hmm. which is what I ex- was expecting. So it looks like to me it's just peppers, mm-hmm. lemon and lime, and then you mash them up for the desired texture, or you can bring it to a boil. In a, in a pan and let it simmer for five minutes so you could get it nice and soft and then place that into the blender and then just blend it until it gets to the th- thickness you want. Um, I would say probably a little bit chunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you said if like you, you'd like it as a paste because you could um, uh, use a, what is it called, a sifter um, and press out the liquid if you don't want as much pulp or anything. Right. You know, um, but the key here is because he said um, using the trying to think off the top of my head, the habanero. So I don't know if you remember, but I've grown habaneros before. You want to talk about prolific, but hot. Yeah, it was so prolific, but they're so hot that I couldn't use them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is a good use for that. Mm-hmm. So and sometimes it, there's a whole television show. Sometimes you only need a, a dollop or maybe not that's too big a, a dash of hot sauce yeah. so <laughs> this could be one of them exactly and i've never grown a jamaican mushroom pepper so i would be interested to see what that's all about too so you gonna try it no why not i, I, may, I may try the method but i was uh, a passerby asked me you know in the front yard there's a certain type of vegetable sets of vegetables that are growing and so when i talk about kind of some of the things i'm growing and they're like oh you growing any hot peppers and i feel like i need to apologize like i mean not really like like jalapenos but i you know i know that that's like it's like baby level hot <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, i've said it before i'll say it again i really want to enjoy hot peppers but um, my body tells me otherwise. Yeah, you know, when it comes to hot peppers, jalapenos are good enough for me. Cayennes are good. Mm-hmm. I have been playing around with a couple more. My eyes have been enlightened to some that have more flavor than heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have fallen in love with those. And maybe like, you know, in his, the Jamaican mesh- mushroom pepper will be have a different kind of flavor mm-hmm, you know because mm-hmm. I mean? i'm not in i'm i'm like you i'm not into just like roasting heat yeah you know i had a mango pepper last year 
which I thoroughly enjoyed. And it, it, I mean, it didn't really taste like mango, but it definitely had like a citrusy flavor to it. Mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. really good. So that's something, you know, that maybe you can use a pepper in that too. But seems really easy. I which, think once you taste some of these peppers, you kind of know, like, could you imagine this as a sauce? Yeah. Right. You know, so instead of going through the steps of making the sauce and you're not quite sure, even though some of these are pretty hot, I'd say, you know, taste the peppers, see if you like that flavor. Yeah. Because I've definitely I'm not as interested in the the heat. I am interested in the different flavors. You know, the taste of these is, you know, I mean, peppers, it's one of those because they get a bad rep um, rap because of the heat. Right. You know, and then the idea of all of the peppers we buy in the stores are never really sweet. They're just not hot. Right. right. But there is absolutely a such thing as sweet peppers. What's is it? The lipstick one that you guys love last year. That's a sweet pepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We were growing a lot of lipstick peppers this year. But yeah, yeah. that was incredibly sweet. So mm-hmm. um, I would not make a sauce out of that. That would be weird. No, I think I, I guess um, I was pointing it out because like peppers in general and that almost feels like a whole you should grow series by itself because there's just so many options when it comes to peppers um and it's i think even more so there's so many different flavor options size and shapes even compared to tomatoes yeah yeah that's true i mean i think there's more personally than tomatoes mm-hmm. i must say it don't shoot me i know all y'all are I like think i just said it didn't i just say it did i just say it yeah just I don't said know. It. did you say it just like that I mean, I may not have used the exact same words, but... Leonard, uh, roll the tape. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's... um, it's in, Well, you know, people... I guess the reason why I said that is because everybody always says this tomato tastes different, and to me, they don't taste any different. Well, they yeah, all... we, the argument that you make is that, and I say that tomatoes absolutely can taste different, um, but I am on board with... I think that you probably have more of a difference across so many various peppers like you'll be able to have a um, there's a distinct taste difference and again you know kind of homegrown you know or farm grown yeah so next year i'm growing the mango peppers for sure i missed it this year Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try and find some seeds i gotta contact somebody and see where i can get some Mm -hmm. um but that was one of the things where last year where i tried some different varieties somebody sent me um some peppers that they had grown just like a couple bags of different peppers and I tried all of them mm-hmm. and I think they sent them to me as a joke to see how bad I would burn some, myself on some of them so which <laughs> you know I'm okay with that but it was um you know some of them taste really good and I had a lemon pepper that tasted exactly like a lemon it Let was me ask crazy you, I don't think I've ever done that I have so many nuggets from this conversation um, have you beyond that that gift bag? Have you ever just sat with a, a different variety of peppers and kind of just eaten and snacked on them? I'm always very much focused on like the very similar types of peppers or the exact same pepper when I'm cooking or when I'm eating and snacking. I've been to like a farm stand or something and tried different ones that they've grown, mm-hmm. but I've never you know, and I don't do like you. I don't do a lot of hot peppers because. Mm-hmm. Um, May I add that every time I grow jalapenos, they're like 50 times hotter than what I get at the store. So <laughs> yeah, there's, that. there's that, you know, there's like a whole new level of hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. So it's funny you say that because we're growing three different types of tomatoes this year. And you know me, I don't really 
particularly care for tomatoes, mm-hmm. um, nor do I believe that Fresh. they taste different. Fresh, mm-hmm. fresh tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about doing a video where my wife cuts them up and I blindfold taste test them and see if I can figure it out. But if I can even taste a difference in them, yeah. you know, just to kind of have a little fun because, you know, you got to live a little. Yeah, I was joining you. I did. I think it was like three years ago. I did a taste test and I had when I look back at the video, I had like the worst cold. And it's like, why were you doing it on that day? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I, I sound crappy. I'm sniffing and snotting. It's so funny. Uh, but there's a part of because without, you know, kind of this is completely random and I'm going to wrap this up quickly because I do have my still last point. Um remembering what was good and why is often hard unless you've made some notes. Yeah. Right? You know, so I'm like, I'm, I can remember what tomatoes were good last year, but sh- I can't remember the year before that. No. I can barely remember the year before that, but surely can't remember two years ago, you know, three years the ago. The only thing I remember from last year is I didn't grow a single red tomato and I vowed to never grow anything but red tomatoes again. <laughs> that was just, it just didn't feel right, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what was your last point though? My last point is from a planning perspective, you didn't think it was going to actually be about what the episode's about. Um, give yourself some grace. And I'm going to say for me, this is like, it's. I don't think it's a lifelong thing. I think that while you may make adjustments to your plans 20 years from now, I think you will get to a point where you feel pretty good about across various vegetables, across various seasons. You know what you want to do. You have a plan for after the harvest for them. Um, but until you get there, you know, focus in on a couple of vegetables or, you know, a particular season, right? Make it, what did they say? How to eat an elephant one bite at a time, you know, make it small enough where it's not a stressor, you know, because we have a lot of things we're talking about doing from the garden besides frolicking in the garden. And we don't want it to be more stressful for you. Um, so make it manageable, right? You know, so if you're growing 20 different types of vegetables, my guess is you probably won't have like this full blown out plan for all 20 of them. And that's okay. I can get on board with that entire statement. Wow. Yep, I can do that. Let's put this episode on repeat. I'm just shocked from everything that's happened during it. Hey, y'all, y'all remember that, um, the notebooks that you had for the You Should Grow series? Go ahead and jot that down in that notebook, too. <laughs> on the back page, okay? The very back page. I want you to write that down. All right, everybody. So, look, before we can get to after the harvest, we need to start in the beginning of the harvest by planning for the after the harvest. So there's a whole lot of circles going on there, but you kind of get where we're going. Next episode is going to be about harvesting when and different techniques to do it um, for different vegetables. So we're going to talk about that. And without further ado, please check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi. Check our our YouTubes, um, both Backyard Gardens TV and Be Better Garden. Give us some of your love and some comments and subscribes and uh, be a patron. Get those two extra episodes a month. I tell you that after after the uh, at the uh, what's it called the after show <laughs> is something to be special about. So yeah, you're talking about like raw footage, like this summer, man. It's yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we're actually gonna be, we're we're discussing right now about doing our garden updates on there. Which, if you know, don't know what those are, it's basically us talking about what's going on in our gardens right now, and it's filled 
they're usually filled with information about vegetables and just nothing but little nuggets of information so it's some buffoon buffoonery as well by this time we should have already figured that out so yeah. either enjoy them over there on patreon or not <laughs> yep. and without further ado again i'm done stuttering through this outro so i'm gonna shoot it over to batavia see ya we hope you enjoyed today's show please follow us on youtube at backyard gardens tv instagram at backyard gardens tv over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.